everybody has the seed. Are you willing to water it? I mean, look, as educators, we have the ability to nudge you to the right and nudge you to the left. Yes. But that forward and backward movement, Oh yeah. that's on you. Bring who you are. Bring the true you to the conversation. And music is a conversation. Absolutely. Once you bring your, the true you to that conversation, then you have a collaborative effort. And you know what? You're going to get to a level together that you could never attain by yourself. There are only a few people that I've met who exude such a presence of charm, coolness, wit, and magnetism. Carlos Alomar is that human, and he does it so seamlessly. His passion for music and its healing possibilities is quite transcending, and his iconic past as one of the guitars for David Bowie is mirrored with his present aspirations to connect, inspire, teach, and all his millions of fan base. I was so honored and excited to have a conversation with Carlos on an Instagram Live this week to chat about mental health and its connectivity to music and healing the soul. As Carlos stated, we all have that song that makes us move our body and reflect upon a time that has passed. He mentioned his lifelong friendship with Luther Vandross and the power of music to stimulate brain cells when a person experiences a stroke has Alzheimer's or autism. Thank you, Carlos, for this amazing interview and beautiful friendship. Our souls were destined to meet at Stevens Institute of Technology. And many thanks to David Bowie's Glamour fanzine, shout out to Andy, and David Bowie Glamour scrapbook. Hopefully, Alexandra and I will be in Liverpool in June 2022. Hey, everyone, this is Helene, and this is coming from my heart. This has been a powerhouse week, guys, with Carlos Alomar, and he just, he just thrilled us. He just completely was just this incredible, iconic person to hop on this Instagram Live. So what we decided to do is to take this Instagram Live and then put it into an episode on Apple and Spotify. So that is basically what is going on right now. And uh, as I said, it was just such a fun interview, and I just can't wait to speak with you more, Carlos, the David Bowie World Fan Convention, which is set for uh, June 22, is something that we're all looking forward to. Also wanted to thank um, this week, Lindsay Metzler, who has an incredible podcast called We Met at Acme. Thank you so much, Lindsay, for chatting with us. And her episode will be airing on the 15th of this month. So check that out as we promote it with stories and posts and different things. And that will be on Apple and Spotify. And she'll definitely give you some great dating advice. Lindsay is amazing with that. She has insights from her own experiences, people and friendships that she's experienced and all different things. So, and dilemmas and all kinds of things with dating apps. So you guys definitely want to check out her episode, which again, will be airing on 1015. And also wanted to, let's see, tell you guys our continuum series with our lifestyle, food and culture 
Uh, we are so super psyched to just keep that going on. I started that in the summer down at the farmer's market and um, of course, Margate in my hometown. And we're just, we're just going with this theme. It's just been so much fun to get out there. Of course, Carlos is giving us the, um, the music aspect of the culture. JPO was with the art. And as we morph and we grow, we're gonna just keep going with so many more incredible, wonderful artists and people. So tune in to all the different people and all the different things that we're going to be doing um, as we proceed into October and into November. Lots going on here at Coming From The Heart. And let's just say, what else do we need to say? Just love you guys uh, DMing us, saying hi, emailing us. And I just want to always continue to thank all of you because without you guys being engaged, uh, we would not have a podcast. And we appreciate all your love. So thank you so much. So you know at this point what you guys need to do. You need to sit back. You definitely need to relax and join us in this wonderful celebration of Carlos Alomar. Hey. Hi. How you doing? Oh, just wonderful. Let me oh, see. God. So first of all, thank you, thank you, thank you for <laughs> time coming from my heart. You always were a very special person to me when we were working, shall we say, simultaneously sort of next to each other, sharing the same, <laughs> sharing the same department at Cal. A shout out to Stevens Institute of Technology, mm -hmm. always in my heart and always in my Definitely. soul. And, my um, alma mater. <laughs> yeah, and we just connected. And uh, vocally, I sang and we spoke of singing in the past. And then I guess it's been a while in the last couple months, we've been just trying to figure out how to get you on here. And um, you were so kind in your words to just support me, just support the podcast, mm -hmm. support the stuff that I've been through and the why and the how I started this platform. And I'm just- Yeah, I, I think that sometimes you know, people have synergy and sometimes, you know, if it's an attraction, you don't want to fight that. You yeah. just let it flow. You know, it, yeah. quite honestly, how much does it really take? It doesn't take nothing. You can stop by just being cordial. After that, if it's an attraction, it'll work. It's not, you know, get a cup of coffee and say goodbye. Oh, my God. Well, I would always stalk you on the campus. You would see me, and that was, you know, before I went out in January. And like I said, I am so honored that you are just supporting us. You are supporting the podcast, supporting what we're talking about here so much on the podcast without mm -hmm. the component to really everything that we touch because – in the year of the pandemic, people have been through, they've been through a lot of shit. Yeah. And I was going through my shit and Alexandra and I just decided to just throw this out there, see where it went. And honestly, I'm just, I'm like a bullet going through the, through the sky. Mm -hmm. I'm not looking back. I'm just looking straight forward. And again, so honored to have you because mm -hmm. you are such this incredible, uh, can I say icon? Is that okay? Uh, you, you, you talking to me? <laughs> I mean, humility has to be yeah, humility I mean, has to be put in such a place. Otherwise, nobody can take this kind of oh, honor. So, well, you know. I think when I met you, I didn't really know much about your background, and I think that really should should be like the stepping point of like how we start this interview because I feel that you have this humbleness ism, if that's even a word, to who you are. You know, we were just chatting, and I find that. Um, there's certain people in this world that, you know, so many people have come on this podcast, the infamous, the famous, and, you know, I feel like you are what you are. And I feel in that friendship that we created or have or have, 
continued mm -hmm. to have. He just shines with that. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that you were the guitarist for mm -hmm. David Bowie. I didn't know your whole background. Mm -hmm. I didn't know anything about you. I just knew, hey, Carlos, mm -hmm. what's well, up? I think that's important for people not to meet me that way. Yeah. I, I mean, look, with the humanity of everything, why are you giving such accolades the way that we live right now? It's, it's right. important for everybody to have a certain amount of self-worth. Yes. Personally, I feel better when I can empower somebody else. Okay. Look, if you have enough love to give, then how do you get paid with the love that you give? So what you'll find is many of my fans from way back, and I'm talking about they're all 60 years old and, and more, Man, we have had a relationship that goes yeah. decades. They, just like you, they meet me. They might not even know exactly. First of all, they know me from the stage. Nobody knows me. They don't know me at all. Okay. So they befriend this person. They basically right. just want to say hi. The next thing you know, I'm saying, hey, where's the greatest club around here? Oh, I know. Okay, everybody jump in their car. Next thing I know, there's a caravan of, of people coming. That's yeah. been my way all my life, in Europe, okay. here, everything. So I, I think that that kind of, of camaraderie and fellowship yes. is what makes you whole, is what makes you happy. It's like, yes. don't you get happiness when you do something for somebody and they feel, like, really happy? Well, you're I mean, just like when somebody buys you a drink. Uh, well, Isn't you're that the most unexpected, yeah. fabulous? Yes, you're defining the podcast. All these people are saying more people should listen to uh, Adobe vi video, I'm sorry, by Soda, Serio, and Luther Vandross. There we go. Yeah, these are some of the acts that I've worked with, and they yeah. all kind of have their story. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, each one of those people, the Soda, Serio in the Latin market and Luther Vandross in the American market, they were two very much iconic figures for me, again, the word iconic really holds true for these two super groups. Right now, I'm trying to induct Soda Stereo into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Wow. wow. Because they're that powerful. They're the biggest band out there that represents Latin America. Luther okay. Vandross, equally. Right. I mean, look, Luther and I, Luther and I go back since I was a teenager. He introduced me to my wife. Oh my God. Uh, you know, we celebrated 50 years. And so Luther and, and my wife and I, you know, we started out together, we ended together. Luther's case is very important and dear to me. Look, Luther had, let's talk about a little bit of the wellness thing and how sure. it correlates to sure. some of the things that I've been doing. Um, Luther had a, a, a stroke, right. uh, which left him, you know, in a state of, uh, let's call it short-term or even long-term memory loss. And at the time I was at Stevens, you know, I started working with a, another professor, uh, Peter uh, Tobias. And we started looking at some of the things having to do with short-term and long-term. So when I went to visit Luther, I noticed that it always impacts the same way. They get depressed and melancholy. They're not really engaged, you know. They, they're they not alive in a way. Uh, you know, you come to visit them and they're like, hey, it's good to see you. And you engage for a little while. You say, excuse me, I'm going to go to the bathroom. You, go, you come back and they go, oh, it's so nice to see you. Just like, you know, and, and it's really odd. So I, I, I went to the doctor, you know, inquired about what the hell, you know, and he let me see the, 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 the exam, you know, the, the x-ray of his, of his brain. Oh. And they showed where the black holes were in Luther's, you know, where the cells had basically died. Hmm. And so I found it interesting to find out that he didn't remember when the, Michael, when the Jackson 5 split up but he remembered Michael Jackson. 
And so I started thinking about how is it possible that you can have such a, and I thought maybe it has something to do with those black spots. Yeah. And so I started thinking, you know, we started talking about the Shirelles and, oh and man, when we started talking about Patti LaBelle, the Bluebells of the Shirelle, basically, look, when you were in your first prom or when you got your first kiss, yeah. what was the music that was playing? Oh. Said, music is that space capsule that takes oh. you back to whatever time you want. Just pick the right song. It'll set everything you want. The mood, it'll make you smile. It'll make you go, oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> whatever it was, some of those things, I don't want to know. <laughs> But music does that. So we decided, let's let's find out what songs. Mm -hmm. Let's go all the way back to Jackie Wilson, maybe a little bit of, of the Shirelles that he liked. And then as we did it in two or three year increments, we got together like the three or four CDs. Now, mind you, I knew where he grew up. I knew his parents. I knew what music was being played in his house. I knew where he was when he was, you know, when it was a prom night. <laughs> you know, I knew all the things. And so it was very easy for me to compile this, this uh, hit list of songs that mark certain periods. Of course, there are certain epochs in our lives, 29 years old. Yes. Ask your parents or ask yourself, oh my, give or take a year. That's the return of Saturn, astrologically speaking. Oh, okay. something something happened in 29. Everybody out there, think about it. Anyway, and, and you know, 18 years old when you got that prom or or maybe when you got drafted, remember the draft at 18? There's all these times uh -huh. that mark a certain period for you. So we made a hit list of all these times for Luther and we put this CD together. Oh my God. Oh my God. Talk about wake up. I'm talking about, he went, oh, yeah, the Shirelles. You know, we did the first Patty and the Bell, uh, Patty and the Bell, uh, a fan club. Yeah, me and Bruce, it's amazing. Now, we know that certain parts of the, uh, uh, of the nervous system are disturbed when you have a stroke, and, and probably some avenues of communications, neurologically speaking, are broken, and, and, and we kind of get that. Right. And yet we find that with music therapy, there are some other lines of communication that aren't linked like that. And for me, I found that to be the most interesting thing. Oh, my God. And, and so uh, me and uh, Peter Talias put a proposal together for the Henry Ford Foundation, oh you know, just to see if we could do something along the lines. And look, quite honestly, that was a while back. Here's what I can tell your people. You can go on YouTube right now. Yeah. Find out what your mama used to listen to or whatever. Make yeah. a little hit list of the songs and surprise them oh. by telling them, hey, mom, when you have a chance, listen to this radio station I made for you. I love and it. When she, and if you know that she lived in Bolivia, if you knew that she was still in Germany at the time and you happen to know what songs are playing, oh, my God, you yeah. just untapped something in their past that they're going to cry because they remember their mama and their uncle and blah, blah, blah. Oh, my God. So music therapy is unbelievable. It and is look, yeah. the same way that you say about the depressions and everything that's going on, I had uh, some of my students do poems just to address, you know, something like that. And man, you'll be surprised when you have to put something down on paper, what thoughts come out. Uh, wow. Uh, so
casting process. Popped in, they said, you're speaking my language, Carlos, using music to make miracles. Music has no single brain center. It lights the whole thing up. I love what you're saying, Carlos, about music therapy, because, you know, when I was, I think I was telling you a little bit when I was going through vertigo and I was, and I stopped work and I was just trying to figure out my vibe and movement, moving my body, saying it was okay to move my body. And I was talking to this friend of mine out in California. She's Zumba, more than just a Zumba instructor, Josette out there. And I was telling her how when, when I was going through whatever I was going through, I was, I was so stiff. I wasn't moving. There was no flow of anything. And music and specific songs, when I sang my whole life or I got into the mu music really in the last seven years, I would belt it out. I would sing it out. In those moments, even between when I wasn't feeling my best, I was flying. I was elevated to, to a different place in time. And my kids laugh, and my daughter, hey, Alexandra, and Presley will probably hop on, and my husband. Dua Lipa, <laughs> Dua Lipa is on my, is, is on, is playing. If you're out there, Dua, I love you. Um, it's on all the time. And I, I don't know specifically why and how I've gravitated to liking specific, but there's something about her Essentials album. There's something about it that makes me happy. It, 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 even when I talk right now, I feel like the energy and I, you know, it, whatever it is, and I, I completely understand and I get what you're saying about Luther and I get what yeah. people trauma and different things in their life, what music does. And music for me, specifically her right now, she's, she's my girl. She's my girl. You know, there's also a lyric. And there's subliminal messages that are being sent constantly that we don't know. And yet, we always pick up on the chorus or whatever repetitive thing that they say. And sometimes, even the words console you. You know, it's like, it's like, look, it's like a love song. Yes. Not everybody wants to hear a love song unless yes. they had their heart broken and said, like, oh my God, I know just for you. Sometimes <laughs> the writer can say it in such a way yes. really connects with you. Oh, so yeah. about what you said before, yeah, yeah, there is something about certain songs that quite honestly, they're just going to make you shake your butt. That's oh, yeah. all. You hear that song, oh, no, that's it. Oh, and the next thing you know, you yeah. really, it's one of those instinctive things yes. that, quote, unquote, when they play your song, when they play yeah. your jam, you don't need nobody in the room. And look, <laughs> there is that one song that every couple has that the yeah. minute they hear that song, it's like, oh, come here, baby. Oh, no, <laughs> we got to read. Come over here, mama. You, it's just like you have to relive that moment in its entirety. I love it. You I, have to pick a dance. You, if you hear that song that made you fling that foot, yep. oh, you're gonna ask somebody to dance because it's the nature of music to engage you. It yeah. engages you politically. It engages yeah. you socioeconomically. It engages you in all aspects. Right. And so what we find is, why do we always put it in the suitcase sometimes? Why do we just randomly play? We could make a hit list. Yes. It's not necessary. And look, this is the funny thing about that particular situation with a, a long-term and short-term memory loss. Yeah. When yeah. we did this, you can play that CD every day, and every day they're shaking their butts and remembering and going back to that period when, yeah. like, it was all good. There are certain things about not having the memory that means that if you can trigger me once... Mm. You can trigger me again, which is what you were saying before. This trigger 
that music is. It is, and it elevates. I feel like even, you know, it brings you, you're, you're like hanging on the ceiling. And what I'm specifically thinking about when you're talking about music therapy, I'm referencing in my head, people going through autism. When a child is born and the child is autistic or later in life they find out there's a spectrum of some sort. Music is everything because what music does is it allows this, this child you know, as a youngster, as a as a baby and growing up, to be able to con have a connectivity to everyone. And maybe in those moments of time, they can be part of everything going on. Or, I mean, again, I'm not a therapist, so I'm just putting that out there. Or in a situation, I have friends who have, who have children who have autism, where they are so happy in that world for those moments of time because their body is moving, and there could be a repetition of words. And I also just want to reference too, when I was teaching my second language classes, and of course I have my masters and all that, I taught thousands of students and many students coming from other parts of the, of the world when I was trying with limited English, I would put music on. In fact, one of my students, Sway, who's out there now in Minnesota, when I was trying to teach him certain specific um, intonation or dialect of certain things or pronunciation, we sang it. What song do you like? Bam, there it was. And also for speech impediments. And there's so many different components of language where music, music. You know, it's, it's taken an amazing in what we, what happens in in the emotional arena look if you should take your television and turn off the sound and simply put on the closed caption you'll find that when they speak you can see the words and then in parentheses yes. they tell you the music they say ominous music mm -hmm. what the hell is ominous music. I gotta turn it on just to hear the interpretation that some musician thought right. would be ominous music. You know what I hear? Wow. There is something to be said, not about something musical, but a sound, a frequency. Look, mm -hmm. when you want that kid to be, when you see go to the movies and the father says, son, go down to the basement and turn on the lights in the boiler room. Well, you're gonna get some scary, some scary ass sound that's gonna oh, make you not want to go down oh, there. And that's not music. That's sound. And so, what we find in the autism and the other things that you were talking about, there's certain frequencies. Yes. Like I have a watch that has frequencies on it. So if you have aches, a 62 frequency, you know, if yeah. you have certain pains or you have high blood pressure, certain oh. frequencies will combat that. Music has more forms than just a musical format. There's music. Look, Hitler had a sound machine that was made that created subharmonic frequencies that when he unleashed those frequencies onto the battlefield with his own soldiers, they wow. all started vomiting because the low frequency went through their bodies. It's like when a truck rumbles over a wooden bridge and all your all the dishes in your cupboard shake. Yes, yes. Or when the bass, the Latin bass from from eight doors down goes and all you hear is the walls and just like nothing else. Sure. And so this frequency was so great that it just made you come boss. And 
all of these vibrations and frequencies are now being discovered, even for physical therapy and just exercise. Don't run, just vibrate your body. Yeah. So <laughs> even in Buddhism, they have something that says, uh, I dedicate my, my, my mind and my body to the mystical law of cause and effect through sound and vibration. Well, that's everything, isn't it? That's an atom vibrating. In fact, that's everything. Yes. And so this, this issue of vibration and sound and everything is part of who we are. And if we can just tap in, why is it that some kids love 125 to 140 beats per minute punk music? And right. if you slow that down to 90, they're like, turn that off. <laughs> I mean, everybody, look, when I want to hear something funky, it can't be at 90. It's got to be at 110. Yes. Disco and electronic music, Oh yeah. 80? Are you crazy? That's not that's not gonna do anything for anybody. And don't forget, Thanks. tempos get faster and faster every year. <laughs> it's like you can't use those dances that you did at the prom anymore. You're just looking like you're doing a shovel. I want to circle back for a moment and we were talking talking about music therapy. Mm -hmm. We're talking about children and individuals with special needs and someone going through a stroke. And also my mother-in-law suffered from um, Alzheimer's. You know, when you're talking about Alzheimer's and dementia, where the music could trigger moments of their past, that part of the brain obviously is very um, alive and that maybe people don't want to, or therapists are not tapping into that spectrum of what it is. Because I remember that sitting down with my mother-in-law and singing um, somewhere up the road and she lit up. And of course, knowing all the lyrics and stuff like that. And, allowing that person to have happiest moments because mm -hmm. they're so stuck in this isolation of their own world, specifically with autism as well. And you mentioned frequency. I love the word frequency. And, and again, depending upon each individual, all of us as different humans like specific, like a specific frequency. Some can tolerate really, really high, some can't. And I think that just has a lot to do with the being wired. I also want to mention, too, you meant um, about music and going to a movie. And actually, I'll shout out to Alex, our sound engineer. Hey, Alex. Is that I know he's going for, you know, a specific masters where they would score movies and so forth, where a movie would be in a certain frequency to give that ambiance of something. So mm -hmm. I know. Well, that we, what we have is in, in situations like that, you have certain chordal progressions. Yeah. And those chordal progressions are made to excite you, to bring you down a little bit, to hold you in suspense, or to just basically make you wait. Yeah. There's nothing worse than one note. It can terrify you if it just goes boom, boom, yeah. boom. Yeah, that's right. Boom. It's like something's coming. What, what's, and yet, if you hear boom, 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 boom. Oh, yeah. Boom, you put a little rhythm, so now you're shaking your butt. Yeah. <laughs> or, I mean, we are trained from the very beginning to know progressions. If I sing, da, 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 you're immediately singing Mary Had a Little Lamb. I didn't even finish it. It could have been Bach or Rimsy Korsakoff. But it doesn't matter to you. Now, depending on what region you're born in, you could understand how this could be confusing. Also, on the issue that you just mentioned concerning uh, certain other diseases, Alzheimer's and things like that, there's a sometimes there's a little difference in them 
in that there is not a certain amount of confusion and panic involved in certain uh, neurological diseases. Okay. Some okay. of them calm you, some of them take away your energy for that. But mm -hmm. some of them, and, 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 you know, and we know this to be true, sometimes the state of confusion is alarming. Mm. And, yeah. when they, and when they snap out of it, they don't just snap out of it calmly. They snap out of it like, who the hell are you and why are you touching me? And yeah. it's just like, this is yeah. a panic. This is not. And so there are certain degrees where sometimes music cannot set, uh, calm the savage beast. No. Because within us, we have that, uh, uh, you know, kind of escape kind of thing. And fear is part of it. So although music does have certain places, mm. we have to remember that it is a trigger. Yeah. And exactly. as such, once we learn how to manipulate that trigger, my goodness, how helpful could it be? It's like a refreshing glass of water or a hot cup of tea. I love that. Water. Yeah. I mean, music can go either way. It's still music. No, absolutely. My, my thinking now is to is um, referencing when you were, of course, playing with David Bowie and Duran Duran and all the different people mm -hmm. you touched. Should I say thousands of people that you've touched, artists? Can I say thousands, Carlos? Is that okay? Have you touched millions? You, I, I would say, I would hope so. Hell yeah. Once you start playing to arenas that are 60 and 80,000, look, we played the US Festival. That's 200,000 people. Yeah. And why don't you televise some of those things? Well, there's a few million. And then why don't you make it international? Oh my God, I don't know those numbers. Wow. Okay. Well, when you first started, I just want to go back a little bit to when you were 16. I believe I read a little bit about when you were 16 years old is when you got involved with playing the guitar. And of course, then it morphed in, and I want to hear a little bit of that journey, to totally segue a little bit. Would you ever feel that you would be where you are right now in, in the position that you can empower, that you can influence, comparatively the different career spectrums that you've had? You started out as a kid. If you always want to comment on how you morphed into connecting with David Bowie and then of course be becoming global and all that other stuff a little bit. Well, I, I started out as a Pentecostal minister's son. So you can understand that secular music was there and we're not supposed to have television. We're not supposed to be hearing no uh, Motown and we're not supposed to be shaking our butts. But <laughs> right. honestly, I got put in what they call discipline because Mrs. Morales said, Carlos, that's not Christian music. Oh, boy. Oh, Carlos, you're not supposed to be shaking your butt to go. I mean, I didn't know anything about these things. But after a while, the humanity of it all seemed kind of contradictory to me. I'm playing the Lord's chords. <laughs> these ain't got nothing. To, who's Motown? What are you yeah. doing listening to Motown? Right. Um, right. The issue of having that kind of background really empowered me because my father gave me his blessings. Mm. He found out, <laughs> my mother, as they always do, found out that I was playing... Uh, a hooky from school and trying to play Satisfaction with a local band for the Rolling Stones. Oh, so wow. I, I kept telling her that I was helping the local church, lying, which is even worse. I'm helping the local church with their music, Mom. Well, they found that at my father. I, you know, when I came in, you know, your dad wants to talk to you. So that's what uh, he told me. What are you doing? Well, look, I don't know what's going on. I play my music. I don't know if it's God's music. I mean, I don't get it. And they keep putting me on discipline. And, and he used to tell me, Carlos, if you can't explain it, you can't defend it. So I had a very good knowledge of being able to talk to him and be able to explain exactly what I, I was feeling. Right. Um, that gave me the point where, I mean, it came to the point where he told my mother to come in and in front of me, he told her, I give him my blessing. The Lord will show him the way. We're not to stop him. 
in pursuit of his music. A year later, he died. Well, I had his blessing, and my mother did not stand in the way when I suddenly got an invitation from Luther Vandross to wow. come down, or a friend of mine to come down to, to a, 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 a workshop mm -hmm. at the basement of the Apollo Theater. Originally, I had gone to Fordham University as a preppy, and that's where I met Luther Vandross. He's uh -huh. the one that wanted, he wanted to audition for this troupe. He had made me, when he found out I was a guitar player, he made me his band leader. Oh, you play guitar? You're my band leader. He didn't even have a band. He was, he was trying to get into the room where there was a piano, because he didn't have a piano. He had lyrics, but he had no piano. Anyway, we got on like that. And the next thing I know, I'm down there accompanying him. Wow. What do you do, boy? Uh, sir? Uh, excuse me? What do you do? Uh, I play guitar, sir. Well, I don't want to see you down here unless you bring me your guitar and show me what you got. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay, sir. Well, don't you know, at Fordham oh. University, we had a talent contest. And the dean of the university told us, listen, Luther and your band, you can't play together. Every time you play together, you win. So Luther, you play the piano and sing. Carlos, you work somehow with the band. Well, I had oh, worked yeah. out Soul Finger by the Barcades, and we had it together. The day wow. that we're supposed to do the talent contest, they backed out. I love it. Well, the minute they backed out, I said, well, screw you guys. I'll do it myself. Well, I played the whole thing by myself. I came in second place. Of course, Luther wins like he always did. So when I got down to the Apollo Theater, and he said, play something. I heard them laughing at me when I brought my little Sears and Roebuck amplifier and my little <laughs> Sears and Roebuck guitar. And I plugged in, and I played Soulfinger. And after I played Soulfinger, they applauded, and I was in that band. That's the way I started. From there, I wow. started playing. I mean, they, we, we rehearsed so much, they called us the rehearsals. <laughs> but the name of the group was Listen, My Brother. Oh, Recently, wow. there was a documentary called oh. By Whatever Means Necessary on the Epix channel. And they oh. interviewed me and my wife. And the next thing you know, this whole story about how this group, Listen, My Brother, represented the Apollo Theater after the Harlem riots. We were there when the Black Festival, you know, where thousands of people hit the streets of Harlem at the same time that Woodstock was happening. Oh, my God. But so much attention was given to Woodstock that nobody ever realized that they had this wonderful Black Soul Music Festival. And it was recently documented on another documentary, The Summer of Soul. Mm -hmm. And so you have all these documentaries that are now coming out that, kind of yeah. put the spotlight on the fact that, oh my God, we were there with Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and the Black Panthers and, right. uh, you know, nation, all that revolutionary stuff. Well, I started working after hour joints. Next thing you know, I'm working the Apollo Theater house band, the amateur hour. I'm getting around. I'm not, I'm not even 17. I got married when I was 17, 18 years old. I'm like, I'm all over the place. I have to get a job. Oh my God. I'm like all over the place. Next what? thing I know, I start getting my name recommended and I start working studio. And now I'm in the studio industry. I found out from the main ingredient who I was working with, this guy is coming and he's producing Lulu. Now I saw to serve with love that has Sidney Portier and I wanted to meet and it was like that six degrees of separation. I was six degrees of separation from Sydney Portier. And oh. I liked Lulu because she was a nice blue eyed soul singer. I wanted to meet her. Well that yeah. didn't happen. It was a rhythm tracks and so who oh. was there was her producer. David uh, Bowie. Ah, got it. Out comes David Bowie. We hit it off, and I'm like, damn, you're thin and white and <laughs> and red hair, and and oh, oh my, my God, what a, what a <laughs> weird, I mean, I, I'm wearing an Afro and a dashiki. I'm Puerto Rican, okay? 
And and next thing I know, I meet this Brit with this translucent white. And come on, I'm talking about. Remember when he had that orange hair? I mean, I'm talking about. <laughs> whoa! You want to come to the Apollo? Sure. <laughs> you know, oh, next I thing know. I know, he shows up at Ava Cherry mm -hmm. and him, and, and that's the way we, uh, we. He asked me to work with him, and at the wow. time I was working with the main ingredient, and we were doing the chitlin circuit, oh, and and of course, don't forget, Luther Vandross who I had introduced to David Bowie was on that soul, soul tour. Wow. And he wanted, he wanted me to be his band leader. Don't forget, remember? Luther was just about to come out with his album. At the same time, I had wow. just wrote, the first song I ever wrote was with David Bowie and John Lennon. David was wow. impressed. He's like, I want you to go on tour with me. I'm in this conundrum. Oh my God. Do I go with Luther Vandross, my best friend, who made me his band leader since I was 17? Or do I join David Bowie and, and, and take my chances in this whole oh role thing? Well, let me tell you, I was tired of doing the chilling circuits. <laughs> and I knew how to not get paid. And yeah. I saw it when the managers had to get their gun ready when they had to go and get their money. And it was like, wait in the bus, I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, for the sake of wellness, <laughs> I think yeah. I'm going to try David Bowie and see if I can okay. hit Switzerland. Oh. And, it turned out, and it turned out karma was on my side. And it seems that my father was right. It seems yeah. that my footsteps were to be guided. And through that, from Peter, Paul, and Mary, to Cindy Lauper, to, wow. to, to, to uh, the Bee Gees, you know, wow. to, oh my God, the amount of people, you know, Mick Jagger, uh, Arcadia, Duran Duran, it's just like, so, yeah. and look, it's a phone call. Oh, excuse um, me, let me go. Are you available? Oh, uh, sure. Who's I that? Well, I don't know. Somebody wants to play Chuck Berry. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> it wouldn't have been the same without you, Carlos. Yes. Yes. Well, what we're trying to do is, the whole aspect is that we're going to have this convention in June next year. Yeah, I want you to talk a little bit about that, because I know... Well, yeah. there comes a time when you have to get international. Bowie yeah. is so... Nobody can claim him, Okay. And if they do try to claim him, they'll only claim one of the many David Bowies. Got it. And so what we find on an international level, oh my God, the stories that you can hear from these fans is just the impact that one, as you duly mentioned, iconic figure can have on a country. Mm. On a country. Mm. It's just amazing. I mean, look, we can talk about our own American icons like Elvis, you know. Yeah. We yeah. can even talk about British icons like the Beatles, you know. David Bowie happens to be one of those. So yeah. once you start getting together, when you start putting stories that are international stories, the mm -hmm. one thing you truly find, I feel, which is one of the interesting reasons why I'm doing it, the humanity that music brings out. Yeah. I mean, we have a lot of people that idolize many, many, many people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They need that. It's what you, in, in a way, it is wellness. Uh -huh. it, because what we do is we kind of attach ourselves to a shiny star. Yeah. That that that, that go we can't go there, uh, but he lets us share it. Oh yeah. And that's amazing. So what you find is that, you know, fans are basically called fanatics. In the extreme part of okay. the words, you know. So when you look at what that entails, man, that's your whole life that you're binding to a person, to a time, to an essence. Oh, yeah. And you know what? You want it. 
the deadheads that that you know they when it comes to the Grateful Dead, I mean, look, they're not going anywhere. Okay. They are locked in a certain Rolling Stones, David Bowie. I'm sorry, it's wow. a mind lock. Oh my God! And you know this is true. Oh God! I got. And so you got. We can can't basically wait to meet glorify you and it. Person. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, these are uh, when we finally get together for the for the fan magazine. This is what's driving uh, all of us that we kind of want to oh meet everybody. God. I think it's oh going to be God. just so thousands and thousands. Of, uh, uh, I'll have a translator, I hope, yeah. or at least security. <laughs> now, this is, now, tell, tell everybody from coming from the Hart family. So this is going to be in Liverpool. This is going to be a reunion. Yes. Of some sort. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be in Liverpool somewhere around June seventeenth, eighteenth. Around this, about three days. Okay. Back days in front of me, but surprisingly enough, my wife's birthday is on the twenty second. Oh no! So we made it right before, so we can just, in a strange way, you know what? You don't create that much fellowship and that much camaraderie, and I'll probably see people that I haven't seen. And, who knows? Like I said, yeah. I'm 70. They could, they're probably 60, you know, whatever. So it's, it, it's a strange uh, uh, essence that we all share. But you know what? It's like when we were in that bar in Germany having that drink. Listen, we only met that one time. Yes. And maybe another time when I came back into town. And, I, and, and like you said, we were very kind to each other. We had a great time. You know how that story unfolds? I've known Carlos Alomar for 40 years. <laughs> yeah. The it's, bragging rights are for not. And you know what? I yeah. know those people for 40 years, too. <laughs> I feel like it's sanitary. Like, when you, timing of life and fate. I'm into fate. Alexandra and I talk about that. Five seconds before or after, things wouldn't happen. Things are happening because they're supposed to happen. I'm very much into manifesting the universe, um, starting this podcast. It's, it's a continuum. That's why I say I never look back. I'm just straight ahead. I reflect on back for a moment, sure, but I stay present and I keep it going and I keep it going. Because for me, and I feel like for you in, in where you are right now, you have so much history of so many hundreds of thousands of people and fans and projects that you've done. And... Um, I guess, you know, I don't know. I'm going to ask you this question. How do you, how do you conceptualize that? I mean, how do you deal with the fact that you may have touched or you not may, you have touched so many different people in so many different facets. And as a continuum, you keep doing that with the connection to the, to the Grammys, to the new artists that are out there, you know, the Billie Eilish, the, you know, all the different people and artists that reflect upon things that, happen in the 50s and the 60s or the 40s with music. What do you think of all that? I don't think that you need to change. I don't know how to answer that question because if you're constantly doing it, how do you reflect backwards when you're still doing it? We all have our methodologies. Some of us feel, oh my God, I don't want to erase none of my memories. I love all my memories. Right. I don't need to, 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 to take another memory to put over it. Yes. If you have enough memories that will sustain you, you don't get rid of them. They live with you and they support you and they substantiate your existence. Sometimes even those periods that are very dull for you yes. were necessary so that you can feel what you just came from. Of course it was miserable. And that's why you're doing great now. 
because you ain't never gonna I'm, I'll never go hungry again there's a yeah. lesson to be heard to be learned in all of that you must overcome in order to have a story you know what's horrible no story no yeah. song nobody yeah. danced with me at the prom yeah. nobody kissed me nobody ever touched me no that is a memory I don't wanna in fact if I don't have it I can't think it but if you lived like that what is music therapy going to do for you now? You see, you can't take the well, human emotion out of it. Some people need it. Yeah. Some people have it. Yes. Some people want it. Yes. I love that. And what I, what I, was, what I meant, let me clarify. Okay. When you reflect upon I say to be present and as I have a continuum, it's that your creativity, sure, you've had your experience. You've had your schema, all the things that have brought you to where you are present. But as a creator going forward, you know, how does that support you in that respect? Like meaning- Well, you know, a, uh, first of all, remember that it is a collaborative effort. You're right. not living in a void. And so the secret is as in the humanity, you must listen. Yeah. Unless yeah. you listen, you'll never interact properly with other people. Unless you listen, like as a guitar player, I hear tracks that people send me. They say, Carlos, put your magic on it. First thing I have to do is I have to calm down. And when I calm myself down, then suddenly I start hearing this guitarist inside that music. Not necessarily me, just yeah. the guitarist. And you know what? That guitarist fits right into the holes and he's locked in there. Now I got to figure out, can I play what I just heard? Okay. And that's when practice comes in. Because But then I play ping, 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 ping. <laughs> I mean, right. The, right. you know, it's a, it's a collaborative effort. And so what I think is this. Bring who you are. Bring the true you to the conversation. And music is a conversation. Absolutely. Once you bring your, the true you to that conversation, then you have a collaborative effort. And you know what? You're going to get to a level together that absolutely. you could never attain by yourself. No, absolutely. That is the nature of you know human relationship and, and interactions as conversational as they are. Music is conversational. Absolutely. It is a conversation that you're having with yourself, your memories, your family, your hood. Yeah, oh yeah. It's oh, everything. Yeah. Oh my God. So a couple things come to my mind. Is there a, is there a specific type of music that's your jive. Is there something really specific? I, I, you know, funny enough that you should ask that? No, because I really categorize my music. When I don't want to think, I put on classical music. Okay. Because I can't analyze it. Okay. <laughs> you know, here, I'll give, you, I'll give you an example. Are you okay. ready? Here yeah. we go, to you and everybody out there. How long is a classical song? Oh, rhetorical. How long <laughs> is a class? I You, you I, see? I can tell you how, how long is a pop song. Three minutes and 20 seconds. How long is a punk song? Two minutes. Okay. I mean, there's okay. something that happens when you say classical music. Do you, is there a bridge? Do you go back to the verse? Is, oh, my God, no. Yeah. It, ha it has a theme, and it just goes off into the woods somewhere, taking you with it. So when I don't want to think, I, I, I do that. When I want to get nostalgic... Oh, give me that sweet soul music. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. I like 
love your answer. So yeah. each, each, each music has a certain nostalgia it, it reminisces for you. It does all kinds of, and look, if you want to be even more specific, don't you have, like me and my wife, when we hear our song, You Got Me Going in Circle, I mean, when I hear that song, it's like, shut up, world. Come here, baby. You got me going. Oh, I got to get that groove on. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I mean, music, music can be very specific. It brings you back, and I'm, Alexandra and I would talk about this all the time. It brings you back, and as we were saying in the beginning of the conversation, to exactly where you were at that moment, at that time, all the emotions, all the feelings, and you mentioned about having a soundtrack, to make a soundtrack for special people in your life or someone who's going through some type of mental health issue in the year that we dealt with. I think music has saved the soul or is the soul of so many people connecting to whatever genre, whatever like. And what I'm also thinking about now is, of course, at Stevens, <clears throat> where you, if you want to talk a little bit, I mean, not you know, in depth, but when you're helping students and they look to you as this icon, as we started in the beginning, as this person that's going to support their creativity. Because obviously music and technology, meaning that's what we've implodes here for Stevens, is this specific program that they have there. So thoughts on that? Well, in a case like that, I found that sometimes musicians need technology in order to, to move forward. Yes. It isn't like everybody can be a conservatory caliber musician. Yes. It, it's not. And if you are conservatory, you know, then you're very genreified. Oh, great classical pianist, take the music away and ask them to jam. <laughs> Forget about it. You know, great jazz guitar player or blues guitar player, but can he play Brazilian music or flamenco? I mean, everybody has a certain blah, blah, blah. What I find is that for my students and at Stevens, it's important for them to understand that it is their expression that I'm looking for. Yes. Don't get confused in the perfection of music. Music is not supposed to be perfect. It's just supposed to be made. For instance, I always tell them that when it comes to music, please don't complicate it. <laughs> don't, uh, the Beatles wrote millions of songs with just three or four chords. Rap music, gosh, if it has three chords, I'd be surprised. Punk wow. music, two yeah. chords. Pop music, it's like a loop. They just... <laughs> Maybe they'll go through a chord, a bridge, unheard of. Anyway, yeah. all of these things being said, I think that students need to understand that there's help out there. And not only can they use this innovation and technology to help them, and I'm not talking about just samples, but certain generators, tone generators, drum machines, loopers, there's, oh my God, the technology. And you know what? The learning curve is so much easier than than a learning an actual instrument. Yes. Number two, yeah. if the purpose of music is to enrich your life, then the vehicle for expression shouldn't be questioned. Mm -hmm. All right, so you play a violin. Oh, how very classical of you. Now, if you want to get an electric violin and put some distortion on it, you're going to mm -hmm. be in my band as my lead guitar player. Because wow. you sure sound like a lead guitarist. Now, mm. if you're a drummer and you don't sound that good, then I've got this little watch that has a metronome in it. And as you're playing, the metronome is pulsing right on your vein where your, where your heartbeat is. So you got a built-in metronome and nobody knows that it's clicking away in your hand. When you have a drum machine, it allows you to press one button and it makes a beat. I get that. 
But you mm. really think that it's easy to press that button when you had a choice of 157 buttons to press? Even mm. technology has his implemented traps. Oh, of course. And so what we find is for the pleasure of making music, let the kids use technology because you know what? All those kids that aren't going to your conservatory, all those kids that aren't paying $250,000 to get a musical education, they're going to find a way. And uh, it's not going to be by learning how to play an instrument just like that. And uh, so I find that it is a viable option to not only have acoustic, mm -hmm. but also have electric, mm -hmm. but now also have electronic. Interesting. It's do just you, another step. Yeah. Do you feel that your talent w was innate? Do you think that you're, you know, you 16, you had this, obviously, this, this direction, this passion. And when, you know, there's some, whether, can you learn it? That's my, that's my question. Can you learn? I think that the word that you use that we have to really look for as the most powerful is passion. Yes. Um, yeah. Passion won't let you go to sleep at night and it wakes you up in the morning. Yes. That's passion. Yeah. You want to know how I, I was so passionate about that guitar. I was 10 years old when I found, when I found that Stella in my, in my brother's room. Mm. The action of that guitar was so high, I can't tell you. Now I know how bad it was. Then I didn't care. But my fingers were bleeding. My father w once walked into my room and saw blood on the sheets. And he looked at my fingers later on and told me they were the calluses that were coming, but I had water blisters that had popped. Oh. Wow. It didn't matter. I was still on that guitar. Wow. The passion yeah. is what drove me. When I finally had enough bottles, you know, Pepsi-Cola bottles and orange bottles so I could trade them in and buy a book to learn how to play guitar, do you think uh -huh. I bought a music book that said ABC? Uh-uh. I saw this book that said, Learn 1,200 chords, Mel Bay Chord Dictionary. I knew three chords. Oh, Man, my God. I oh, bought yeah. that book and I studied. And those people in church, I was hitting <laughs> them with flat sevens and flat fives and dominant six. And they were like, that's not bringing in the sheep. It is my version. Oh, my God. <laughs> and so, I, you know, passion, I think, is what will drive whoever. And you know what? I can write a song with three chords. Anybody can. Any housewife that gets a guitar and gets a little book that shows them how to play three or four chords will be so happy in their kitchen just strumming along when nobody's there. And the satisfaction that they get is the same satisfaction I get when I was 10 years old. Absolutely. Music can enrich your life. I don't care how old you are. Yes. And no. the surprise that you could actually play something is yes. inherently found in everybody. I don't care how old you are there either. Uh Yes. So I guess you answered the question to say it's not something that's innate. It's passion. Passion is the driving force. Everybody has the seed. Are you willing to water it? I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Some Absolutely. It, it doesn't matter. I mean, my, my son's at Indiana University starting as a freshman. We spoke of that and wanting to get into the business school. And I, you can't look to the left or the right to say this one's smarter or this and that. Do you want it? And mm -hmm. if you want it, do it. You're 100% right. I mean, look, as educators, we have the ability to nudge you to the right and nudge you to the left. Yes. But that forward and backward movement, Oh yeah. that's on you. As, well, as 
professionals, if that's what we're trained to do, we will give you the education, everything we need. And when you start moving, with, no, no, a little bit this way, then you're doing it a little bit that way. But that forward, like me, I was, I was determined to move forward in my studies. I love but every that. once in a while, you kind of move backwards. Hey, I got married. Hey, I had a kid. I lost my job. God, when I lo if I lose my job, I'm going to write the saddest songs you ever heard. Other people might stop playing, stop playing for a while, you know. Uh, it's very individual, as music should be. No, absolutely. And, you know, I was thinking about different artists that you've connected with in your lifetime and their passion. Michael Jackson, of course, uh, Luther. Um, was there someone out there that you connected with where you felt that their, their passion exceeded, was just the most exceeding as, you know, comparatively to others? Or just Not really, because it doesn't really come out like that. It is a creative process and you feel that when you're in, it's create, create, in the creative process. Okay. I can't brand something as being uh, 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 passionate by hearing it. <laughs> Right. Or did they, or do you, I guess another spin of the question or the thought really is, do you feel that these individuals you connected with who, who were the icons of the superstars, do you think they really thought about their passion or they were just in the passion? They live their passion. It is a calculation that they did a long time ago. They're living their lives. That's why they are, that's why they're iconic. Look, David Bowie practiced walking backwards 10 different ways. Okay. When he's on stage and the lead guitar player is taking a solo, you're still looking at David. Yeah. He might be miming something, or he might be just doing one of those and just make believe cigarettes, you know, uh, yeah. you know, but he puts it out with it. There's no cigarette. Why are you looking at him? The lead guitar player is taking a solo. <laughs> no. Right. These iconic figures live iconically. Yeah. Well, I think of, you know, the past of And that's, an, excuse me, that's interpretive. Because we're looking at them as like anybody else is just putting out a cigarette. He's David Bowie. Look at the way he's putting out a cigarette. It's uh, us that are making it that, not him. He's just right. putting out a cigarette. What about current? Anyone current that you would want to mention as far as in music that you think would be synonymous with a David Bowie? Anyone, any specific artists out there? I mean, there's so many. Um, you, you, you know, you, my, mind, my mind really goes blank because... I can't think specific. right now. There's okay. so much stuff that doesn't last that every week there's a new artist. And it isn't an artist that I am passionate about for an album, say, like the old right. days. It's yeah. only a single. Look, when iTunes came out with this 99 cents song, it's <laughs> like I got a CD and I'm going to burn some cassettes. Yes. And I'm going to put earphones on so you can't hear that. It's not really your stereo because it's so close to your ears. It doesn't matter that it's a cassette. And don't forget, turn it up real loud. Yeah. 99 cents. The album is $18. And you just made my album cost $10. But you get no liner notes. You get nothing with it. No, I know that that's the problem with the pirating. That's the problem with the way, you know, you, everybody can make their own music the way technology is right now. But that's Look at what you just said. That's right. And now make their own music. That's right. That's the way music, you know what music used to be used for? Mm. A story. You want to hear about the battle of 1812? Well, here comes the guy that he was there. He wrote a song about it. He gets yeah. to the local tavern or, 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 or whatever. And the next thing you know, that tavern is full. Why? He's going to tell. It's just like when grandma told you all those stories. Yeah. Music and storytelling is handed down.
And oh, so awesome. each one of these iconic people that you're talking about, they're giving you a little story and everybody loves these stories. Sometimes you identify with the stories. What I was gonna also say is the fact that we're talking about, you know, current artists and, and making that one song, but also specifically with the pandemic, different artists came out obviously with music of a reflection of when we look back at this period of pandemic time, hopefully sooner than later, that it'll strike a chord with us and be like, oh God, yeah, you know, geez. So music is very much like that. As we know, it reflects the times. I don't, I don't, I don't agree totally with that. I think that music is generational. Okay. okay. And so in hard times, whatever music is being played right now huh? is going to mean something to the people that don't have a reference of the older stuff. This okay. is their older stuff. And so that little time capsule that we talked about starts now. I mean, some of these people don't know who Michael Jackson is. Absolutely. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, no, no. As, as, as time shifts like that, their consciousness shifts like that. In hard times, I don't turn that particular... I'm, I happen to be in the music industry, so I have to listen to a Latin, a Latin music because I'm part of the Latin community and I have some things that I have to do. I have to listen to certain things because my students recommend, hey, you should hear this band. And I'm like, yeah, all right. And so I listen to it. I like it. I subscribe. The next thing I know, I'm listening to it. Yes. I mean, that's because of me, and I like to be generational. That's why I love yes. teaching. But there's a lot of other people that they don't like. Uh, they don't like rap. They don't like all this bubble gummy. Yeah. You know why are they Korean pop stars? You know <laughs> it's all this new. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness! They don't care about that music. They want their music. Music represents. Yes. People, and it's my tribe that listens to this, and it's their tribe. How many mothers say, "Stop playing that damn music"? Everybody. <laughs> But that's not music. I'll show you what real music is. Oh, my God. Please. Music yeah. is generational, my dear. <laughs> and, no. uh, well, we... okay. Great for the clarification. And what about, uh, let's talk a little bit before we, we wrap this, the Latin, your, your connection, of course, to the Latin community, to your, to your roots. Let's talk about your roots. Mm -hmm. you know? Well, as, as far as that's concerned, I've really tried to, you know, work with the Latin community in a way that's a little bit, undertoned. I, I, I don't really like a lot of credit and stuff like that. I like doing productions for the Latin community that bring them up. That's why the reference to Soda Stereo before, you know, was part of that. I just finished doing uh, What is Afro-Latino for the Latin Alternative Music Conference. I was the keynote speaker for that. Cool. And so when it comes to stuff like that, it's important for me to represent. So, you know, doing Latino Magazine or Latino Today, certain yeah. things like that my cousin, uh, Walter uh, Maldonado, also, he's starting to do some, you know, history, some documentaries, you know, my family. Look, my family comes from Hacienda Alamar in Puerto Rico. So we have a rich history of the mm -hmm. African-American experience. The Alamar name actually is my slave owner's name. Oh, my God. He came from Spain. And so our history is linked. Puerto Rican is a Taino Indian, an African slave, and a Spaniard. Interesting. Wow. So I, I, I like to look at the Latin roots that I have as being universal. Right now, it's important for me to represent, you know, the Latin community, trying to get acts to work together because that's the way it is. You know how the single market is happening here? It's equally happening in, 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 uh, South Amer in Latin America. For instance, I might have an artist, you know, from Colombia, but the rapper 
that's going to do a little thing in the middle is from Peru. And oh, so yeah. you kind of cross, you know, do, you know, so the Latin community is very diverse. Look, it, it's almost 25% of the whole market. The yes. Latino is 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 the the you know, number one language. You know there is so much of a future for Latin music. The Latin, I was the uh, the uh, 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 vice chairman of the board when we started doing the Latin Grammys, and I stayed with the Latin uh, Grammy organization. You know, making sure that that went through. So finally, we got it on on television, and it started happening. So I'm very proud of the efforts that I did. You know, for my community. Mm -hmm. But you know what? They're ongoing. Yes. It doesn't stop. You don't stop representing. You only look for a greater opportunity. Absolutely. You know, and, and of course, a larger megaphone. <laughs> so well, you can get to a larger audience. Right. And, and Jennifer Lopez, you know, she has diversification for what she does and all these different mm -hmm. other uh, artists out there. So what's, the, what's, what's, gonna, what's on your horizon, Carlos? What, what's next? You, you, you know, production, I really, school. What's up? What you, I want to do, do a story. I want to do a story on something called the Damn Trio. Okay. Only because, you know, we were with David Bowie forever. Look, let me put it to you this way. Do you know who the Spiders from Mars are? Right. The David Bowie and the Spiders from Mars. Everybody knows who they are. All right. Okay. So they were with him for, the, you know, a few albums, two or three, I think. And then he left America... And here is this white Brit with mm. this three-piece black funk rhythm section. Wow. Recording records in Switzerland and in Germany and importing them back to the United States. And that three-piece black rhythm section stayed with him for like decades, recording some of his most iconic, you know, albums, seven, eight albums. I don't know how many, that's crazy. You know what? I had to give them a name. Um, damn, damn trio, because you know, without a name, you don't exist. Of course, of course. Now that there's a name, oh my God, everybody knows about the damn trio. That's what I want to talk about. The fact yes. that this man had, he went on, everybody knows what he did when he went on MTV talking about how come you don't play black people music? What the hell is that about? Uh, you know, it's a, it's a wonderful love story with soul music. And uh, I think that I'm the right person to do it. And so my love that's affair is with the fans and explaining. Yeah. That's why we're doing these conventions and stuff. The fans finally get to damn it, ask the questions. That they, they, you know, they've been living with these questions for 60 years. They're old now. They need to know. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know. Popping up here, and, I, and you're talking, and I don't even want to interrupt you. Like when George Murray is uh, son. Yeah, he did a documentary. One of the members, George Murray's son, started putting together these things. And so we started talking way back. And he's yeah. like, would you help me, Uncle Carlos? I said, hell yeah, let's do this, son. Oh, and, so, you know, and that was because the Dennis Davis, the drummer, died. And for me, it's in memory of and, and David. So right. it's one of those, I've always wanted to do a tribute to David Bowie. But I'm a really kind of, I, I mean, I did one tribute with Mike Garson because, you know, regrettably, his house got burned down in the California fires. And so it was important for me to show that type of fellowship. But I'm really not kind of like into that kind of stuff. You know, I'm okay. pretty... So I thought, what a great way to honor my man and Dennis Davis and honor our fans and honor everybody by making sure that they know the name of that trio and what it was that it meant to David and what it was that it meant to me. 
So I think that for the next year, and I got to write a book because people and my publisher, they're going to kill me. <laughs> I got to finish my book, you know, so. I love it. Well, I have my priorities right now. When all that is, you know, happening in your trajectory, I want you to come back and talk about your book. I want you to come back and talk about your experience in Liverpool. I want to come to Liverpool, but I know you told me I have to buy my own ticket. So, you know, we could, we could figure that out. Oh, I can give you an invitation right now. It doesn't mean you're going. <laughs> Look, you're invited. In fact, everybody's invited. Everybody. Let's get your tickets early. I could be there. Hey, guys, this is Aline. This you is know, you, I'm telling you, you'll be surprised how many people are coming. It's like so amazing to see the, you know, the internet just buzzing. I love it. Uh, I was with you in Germany, man. Do you remember this? No, I don't remember that. <laughs> oh, my God. I have to ask you a question. John Lennon. What was John oh, Lennon? I oh, mean... Just a great guy. Look, yeah. you know how some people are so famous yeah. that they have to kind of joke around and be, like, self-effacing just to make you mm -hmm. feel comfortable? Yes. Yes. Okay. Now, Paul so McCartney... I thought was going to be more of a distinguished blah, blah, blah. He ended up being the most humble farmer. Wow. <laughs> man. I nice. mean, I'm talking about feet on the ground, regular Joe, meeting your friends at the local pub and having a, you know, a, oh. a drink. Insane. How regular. I mean, people are people. Don't yeah. judge them by their job. Of course they do their job well. They're the best at their job. Yeah. But you don't know them. No. And they don't know you. <laughs> I, and I think that's a really cool way to wrap this, is that, as I, as I said in the very beginning of our beautiful chat here today, or tonight, is that when I first met you, I had no idea your connection to music. You were my bud, and we chatted. And I feel that in most situations, although cer certain stars are a little bit diva, we know out there, but, but for the most, I think you are right. People are just doing their job. They were fortunate, or we say fortunate, or they were just extremely talented to be where they are. I'm not sure sometimes if that's just luck or just something else. And they are like me and you and everybody else, and they have families and they have situations. They go through mental health. They have all kinds of things going on. Some are more public, some are less public. But I think at the end of the day, like you, my friend, being humble, being true to yourself, and just connecting to the community that has been so connected to you is just such a great attribute of who you are, Carlos. Well, I think that we share music for a specific reason, and it yeah. is to enrich our lives. Yes. And, and if we can hold on to that thought, it's there for you every minute of the day. All yes. you have to do is put on some buds and don't forget, create your own radio station. <laughs> don't give it a try. <laughs> See if I... you can't take yourself back. And let, let me talk to you about that other thing about the other people. Yeah. Everything in there is a collaborative effort. Yes. But through that collaboration, it's like when, when I was working with Soda Stereo or working yeah. with Paul McCartney. We're in the studio, David Bowie, Two o'clock in the morning, he finishes, Carlos, wake up, he's ready to put down your part. You know, so does Stereo, working with them, and, you know, watching the drummers, he gave everything that he had. And then when you go back and you're listening to the tracks, he fell asleep like that. <laughs> I mean, young boy fell asleep and he, was, he did all his energy. So all of these people that you work with, not, not only are you working with them, 
but you're seeing them live their life. Yes. As they're doing what they're doing, you know, how they maneuver, how, what methodologies they're using, how they look at the challenges that arise in the studio. How do you meet a brand new, it's like you just invited Jimi Hendrix to play lead guitar. Are you going to tell him what to play? How do you make him feel comfortable so that he gives you everything you knew you could expect from him? When he gives you a, a, a direction and it takes your song into a totally different area, do you say, oh, uh, no, I didn't. my demo doesn't sound like... Mm. Mm. This is a collaborative way that you not only meet people, but you know what? In the studio, there are no icons. Mm. Studio music has to take its own place. And you know who governs everything in the studio? The music that you deliver. And you know what? If I play just right, I can change your mind in two seconds. And wow. that's why you get hired, because iconically speaking, when you start playing your part, you're bringing their music to life in a way they never thought possible. And when they say, that's it, that's it, I got it. Yes. They got just what they want, and they never knew what it was. Yes. I love the part that you said collaborations or a collaboration, because I feel that in certain situations, not all, the stars out there, oh, it's me, it's me. But what about all the millions of people behind you, the thousands of people that put you where you are, that supported you? And I find when there's different, whether it's the Grammys or the Emmys or whatever it is, and, you know, someone's, here's my water bottle. Thank you so much for my award and this and that. The ones, the actors or in the artists that say, hey, I wouldn't be here right now if it wasn't for this one, that one. So, but when we as fans look, we see that person or if it's in, in, you know, in the movie, that actor. But the collaboration is the collaboration. It's the people that supported you who said, you're going to do this, go for it. But, you know, there's our situations. Like, that's just life. That's just people. Some people are just more competitive than others. Some people more want the limelight more than others. But I love the fact that we talked about being humble, being passionate, and sticking to your truth, and just believing in yourself and your community and everything else will just evolve and it'll happen. So you see how simple it is. It is so simple. <laughs> well, you described it perfectly. Well done. You didn't need me. <laughs> oh my God. Well, you're not simple. You you're you got so much going on. We could be here for hours talking to you. And I just want to say, as I said in the beginning, I am honored to the moon and back. Thank you, <laughs> Thank you. you are such a special friend. And as my daughter would say to me, as she says to me all the time, when you were at Stevens, you met the people that you were supposed to meet. And that is just what it is, mom. And I just, I do believe mm -hmm. in my soul and in my heart. That is true. And speaking to you has just been overwhelmingly beautiful. And I thank Fantastic. you. Well, I thank you. I thank all the people out there. Jackie, thank you for listening. Oh, my goodness. There's a little thread there. Jackie, how you doing, baby? There it is. Flying through. You know, all these, you know, Brian, so Mooney, the people, awesome. and a lot of the fans from the international, you know, the Bowie Glamour magazine, all of them. You know what? There's so many people out there that, you know what? Take a bow, because you all supported me. Yes. Everything yes. I am is because of them. So, you know, kudos to us all. We survived. Yes. And so many fans, like I said, someone wanted me to say hi. Oh, this Carlos, my mom is a big fan. Could you say hi to Jackie? Jackie? Jackie. Hi. I did. <laughs> you did. Three times. And 
Yeah. Lots and lots of people. I look forward to connecting back with you prior to maybe in June or yeah, after. Yes. And I, yeah, I look forward to everybody, you know, just to be able to see the, you know, the, the whole boy glamour and, uh, yeah. you know, go on the internet. Yes. And, uh, totally. I'll see you all in June there internationally. And if not, Yes. In the next podcast. I think this my first podcast worked out pretty good. Not bad. Uh, you are awesome. Instagram Live is so isn't did you have fun with this seeing all these yeah, people? Sure. But now I have a recording session that I have to get to, believe it or not. Well, anyway, I'm gonna wrap this. So listen, as I mentioned to you, it'll be out it'll be on our feed. I will send it to you, of course. And this Friday, Alex, who is in Spain, because that's where he's doing his grad work, we're gonna get your we're gonna convert this to an episode. So cool. not only they check it out on our feed on Instagram, they can also go to Spotify and Apple or anywhere else that you can find your streaming. And um, soon we're going to be putting all the Instagram lives onto YouTube. So I will be posting and, and, and storing it and all that kind of stuff. And the best be there thing, forever. Where can people find you? My, my handle is guitarlos1. Yes. At yahoo.com. And that's guitar and Carlos equals guitarlos. G-U-I-T-A-R-L-O-S. And the number one at cool. Yahoo. Yeah, it's Perfect. a lot easy. Very easy. Thank in you so much. You are in my heart from Coming From the Heart. And Carlos will soon. You have a good so night. Thanks for me. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, guys. Take care. Have a good night, everybody. Bye-bye.